Well, good morning. Uh, man, if there was ever a time uh, to get like two gold stars, today's that day, right? Like you made it through all of that traffic. Wow, thank you for whichever way you were coming from. Uh, I did learn that uh, there was only one driver involved. He's not seriously injured, so we're very thankful to hear that and thankful you were able to navigate some way of getting here this morning and all the chaos that uh, the traffic out there um, started. Well, uh, we are going to be in our second week of our series called Here and Now. But before we do that, I want to talk about uh, something that's coming up in just a couple of weeks we're really excited about. Uh, September the 8th is the Sunday after Labor Day weekend. Uh, everybody's back in school, back into quote-unquote the normal rhythm of life, and we're kicking off a brand new series called Those People, and I think you're getting a little sneak peek up there, and uh, we're really, really excited, and yes, Mr. Roger is going to take us into his neighborhood, and it's going to be a fun time, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, manipulative people, we're going to be talking about critical people, we're going to be talking about hypocritical people, and we're going to be talking about overly needy people, and when I say we're going to be talking about those people, uh, I mean that we're going to be talking about how we interact, how we need to react, how we can better interact with those people that are challenging and difficult to deal with. And so uh, in your seats this morning, you should have an invite card. We'd encourage you to take that, invite your friend, your neighbor uh, to be here with us September the 8th as we kick that off, series called Those People. Also, two huge opportunities on September the 8th, along uh, with that new series, uh, we're going to have a baptism service that day. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, we want to encourage you to follow Jesus in baptism. Um, so if you've believed in the Lord Jesus and you've received him and you've never taken that step to publicly declare him as your Savior through baptism, we'd love for you to be baptized on September the 8th. If you have questions or uh, you need some dialogue about um, baptism, we'd love to have that conversation with you and encourage you in that way. Also, September the 8th is our kickoff of HC Groups, and you're going to hear more about that even today. But I just want to tell you, as a pastor, like, man, we really want you to be in an HC group. Uh, what HC groups are are small groups that meet in and around our community and homes, and you'll get to enjoy some good food together. You'll get to enjoy some good people together. You'll be able to enjoy the Word of God together, and we want you to be a part of that. If you want to be connected here at HC with other people, HC groups are the way to do that, and I'm very excited about those kicking back off on September the 8th. Also, one more thing before we get to the here and now. Next Sunday, Labor Day weekend, we don't want you to miss it. We've got one of our very own amongst our church that's going to be sharing his heart and what God's doing in and through his life and the Word of God, and it's going to be exciting, and you definitely want to be here for that next Sunday. So let's get back to here and now. I want to give you the big idea off the beginning because I don't want you to miss it, and that is this. What we do here and now affects then and there. And I'll be really honest with you. Uh, I wrestled. I couldn't figure it out. I looked it up a little bit, whether it was supposed to be affect with an A or effect with an E, because I knew what I put on the screen would affect how you viewed me, right? You caught that? That was, a, that was the first joke of the day right there, folks. That was it right there. Boom. All right. Anyway, I uh, messaged my wife, she was very helpful, and also one of our English teachers that's part of our church, and I was a, I was, uh, it was confirmed that it's supposed to be effect. What we do here and now affects 
then and there. So I was in Colorado Springs a few months ago. It was a beautiful time of year. Uh, I got to spend a few days with some other pastors, small group of pastors, encouraging me, stretching me. And then I had a couple days where I was going to be able to be in the mountains just outside of Colorado Springs backpacking. I love to backpack. I love the outdoors. Anyways, it's a great, great time. Had an awesome time. I came back uh, out of the mountains. Actually got to go by the Royal Gorge and do that. That was really, really cool. And uh, came back out. I was sitting in Colorado Springs having some lunch before I was going to head back to the airport with my rental car um, to get to the flight out that afternoon. And I get a, a text and alert from the airline saying, your flight's been delayed. Um, you need to just go ahead and rebook your flight for tomorrow. This is on a Saturday. And they're telling me that my flight's been so bad delayed that I'm going to miss my connecting flight in Dallas and that I should just wait and fly it on Sunday. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on? I look outside. It's beautiful weather. I call the airline and what's going on? They said, well, there's been terrible weather in Dallas. Okay. And therefore, your plane has gotten messed up on coming out there. And by the time you make it to Dallas, if you make it to Dallas, your plane won't be there. What happened in Dallas over 800 miles away affected me very much so in Colorado Springs. Well, anyway, I'm just kind of frustrated because I'm supposed to preach on Sunday here. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to take the later flight. Whenever you can get me out of Colorado Springs to Dallas, I've got to try. So I hop on the plane, I fly, and um, I'm checking as I can what's happening with my other flight from Dallas to Little Rock. Anyway, I land, I pull up my phone, I see that my plane is not taken off yet, and so I'm in Dallas, and I have to run from Dallas to Fort Worth to catch my plane. That's why they call it the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. <clears throat> anyway... I finally get there, and I'm, just, I mean, I'm breathing hard. I, I ran so hard. In fact, I was running, and then this guy shows up, and he's telling me to get my knees up. Anyway, I, I'm going. And so I finally get there, and when I get there, I see my plane. My plane's out there. I can see it still connected to the, you know, the tube thingy that connects you to the. Anyway, I'm like, there's my plane. And so I can barely speak. There's someone that works at the airline there. And I'm like, that's my plane. you got to let me on. And she's like, well, I'm sorry, sir. They've already closed the door. And when we close the door, it's just, you know, you can't get on the plane. And I'm like, well, I'm here. I did what I had to do. There was bad weather here, you know, the whole effect thing going on. I'm explaining, I'm explaining. And finally, I realize there's just no winning the argument. And I'm going to have to do something else. So I get my stuff. I make it to the rental car company at about 11 o'clock at night. I don't know if you ever tried to rent a car in the middle of the night at the last minute. They charge you about a million dollars. Anyway, I rented a car, and I drove, and I got back here at home, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I preached here the next Sunday, probably one of the best sermons I've ever preached in my life. I don't, y'all didn't even react. Y'all like, I don't know how to react to that one. Is he serious? I have no idea. It probably wasn't so great. But here's my point. What we do here and now affects then and there. Sometimes we think that what we do just affects us, and I'm here to tell you, you affect everyone with everything you do, everything. And so to understand this more and to lean in this more, I want us to look at Galatians chapter 6. And while you're looking up Galatians chapter 6, I want to remind you of what I reminded you of last week. And we were reminded of what our mission is. Is because it's so important for us as followers of Jesus to stay on point of what it looks like to follow Jesus and to obey Jesus and to carry out his plans and his purpose and his mission for our life. So if you were here last week, great. If you weren't here last week, great, because you're going to hear it now. 
want you to get this. Love for you to jot it down. It's going to come on the screen. Here it is. Holland Chapel lives to help people who are far away from God find the way to him so they can do the same for others. Again, Holland Chapel lives. We exist. We move. We breathe. We gather. We scatter. We go. We do. We do this to help people who are far away from God to be able to find the way to him so they can do the same for others. The shorter, maybe simpler, easier to remember version of this is simply helping people find and follow Jesus. This is my calling in my life. This is my mission in my life. This is your mission in life. This is what Jesus saved you, redeemed you, forgave you, made you one of his followers to do. It's to help other people find and follow him. And so as we think about that, and we think about what we do here and now affecting then and there. Let's look at Galatians chapter 6. If you need a Bible, there should be one in the seat underneath in front of you. And you can find a black Bible there, page 975, Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse number 7. Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse number 7. It says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. And so this is a just a, a fact of life in God's in charge and he's in control and he uses this idea, this, this fact of life to, to reiterate it that what you harvest, you, excuse me, what you harvest is what you plant. So if you plant something, you're going to get it in return. It's pretty simple. We get it if you plant if you plant beans, you're going to get beans. If you, if you plant oranges, you're going to get oranges. If you plant, and I messed it up earlier, how you say it, tomatillos. How do you say those things? They're pretty cool. Anyway, how, you're going to get those. If you plant peas, you're going to get what? Peas. If it's purple whole peas, you're going to get purple whole peas. If it's black-eyed peas, you're going to get a few good songs out of the deal, right? Whatever you plant, you are going to harvest. If you plant it, you get it. If you plant it, you get it. Well, now it gets personal. Look at verse number eight. Gets into real life and what we've got. Moves from fruits and vegetables into life. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Now, here's what I think. Here's what I feel after reading this verse. I feel like there are some of you in the room that you need to hear this verse today. You need the Spirit of God to sober your mind. You need the Spirit of God to shock your spirit just a little bit to make you realize that as a follower of Jesus right now, you've not been acting like a follower of Jesus and you've been doing what you want to do, and you've been doing sinful things, and the warning is clear and loud here that if you are planting sinful things, you are going to harvest decay and death. And if that's where you've been, and that's where you are, and that's where you're living, let the Spirit of God just sober you up to that right now and realize, you know what, I've got to stop doing those things because it's going to bring about death and decay in my life. I would also say this about this verse. I would say it's very likely that most of us in the room, most of us in the room right now, live believing that principle. 
There are some bad things that we don't do because we realize that bad things produce bad things. And I would say that if you've stopped doing bad things because they're bad things, that's a good thing, right? And that's awesome and that's good. But some of us have stopped there. We think following Jesus is no longer doing the bad stuff. And sure, that's part of it. He has saved us from that. He has forgiven us. He's changed our direction of life. But listen, it's more than just not doing the bad stuff. He has saved us and changed us to then in turn do the good stuff. And I want to challenge you to not just believe the first part of this verse, but to believe the second part of the verse, which says, But to those who please the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. In other words, when you do good things, God brings about good things. And what do we mean by good things? We could come up with all kinds of things to list here, but I want to be really specific about this. When we're talking about good things this morning, we're specifically talking about gospel things, the good news. When you are truly about what the Spirit of God is about, you're about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're about helping other people hear that Jesus died for our sins. You are about helping other people hear and know that Jesus came back from the dead to forgive them and to cleanse them and to change their life forever. And when you go about doing your good things, and when I say good things, I mean like just being kind to someone, being gracious to someone, interacting to someone, with someone in just a, a very peaceable manner. Listen, if you're doing that with the focus of I'm doing a good thing for a gospel thing, I'm following the Spirit of God in my life, here's what the verse says. If you're doing that over and over and over and you're planting those good, godly, spiritual things, it says that you're going you're gonna to harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Good, godly things are going to come of it. So don't just stop doing the bad things. Sure, if you're doing bad things, stop it because it's going to bring decay. But go further than that. Allow the Spirit of God to do good gospel things through you so that He can bring about everything that He wants and that He has planned. Look at verse number 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. You know, you ever once in a while just think, you know what, I'm not perfect, but I always strive to do the right thing. You know, I just, I strive to do the right thing. I strive to be right by people. I strive to not react in a, in a, in a mean or a harmful way. I do my best to show up to work on time. I do my best to be honest. I'm trying to be good by my family, good by my spouse. I, I just, and then you look over there at JoJo, right? And JoJo just does whatever what JoJo wants to do, Right? And you're like, man, things are going better for JoJo than they are for me right now. How does that work out? And you start thinking, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, I need to start living like JoJo and forget all these good things because I'm not seeing the payoff. And it looks like JoJo is getting a better payoff than me. And you're thinking about quitting doing some of the good things you're doing right now because JoJo. I'm here to tell you, do not grow weary. Do not stop. Do not give up doing the things you're doing because it absolutely matters. Look, uh, It goes on, verse number 9. Look what it says. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Well, when's the right time according to me? <laughs> Somebody said it. Now. Right? Yesterday. A few minutes ago. That, that's when we want to experience the blessing, right? That's when we want to experience the good that results because we did good. We want it now. But God's timing, a lot of times, most of the time, looks different than our timing. 
And so we are patiently, fervently, hopefully, and faithfully doing the good things, the gospel-focused things, believing that God in His time is going to bring about the harvest that He determines ought to come about. Here's what we know. Verse number um, 8, if we sow things that are sinful, we're going to reap decay and destruction. But if we do the things of the Spirit, there is a spiritual harvest coming that's going to be beautiful and glorious and good. I just want to encourage you to hang in there. Some of you have been doing good. You've been doing what's right by your spouse. You've been doing what's right by your children. You've been doing what's right in spite of someone doing you wrong. You're just doing what you're supposed to do. You're doing the good thing. You're doing the God thing. You're doing the gospel-focused thing. Do not give up. You know, one thing that helps me keep going is other people that keep going. I never forget I was running my marathon, and I hit about mile 20, and I hit that wall. Um, and when I say a wall, like, there, I, I think there was a brick wall in front of me. And part of my problem was everybody around me was walking, and this lady passed me, and she was actually running. And I said, you know what, I can't quit because she's not quitting. I'm not letting her out of my sight, and it kept me going. Um, this morning in first service, the Simmons, they sit right over there. It was awesome. We were talking and chatting, and, and uh, she mentioned my birthday, which was kind, and I'm not saying that so y'all mentioned my birthday. I'm just saying we were talking, and anyway, if you want to give me a gift, that's good. But anyway, <laughs> we were talking, and uh, she said, well, we had an anniversary this week, and uh, they've been around a few minutes, and I'm like, how many years? 62 years. Is that not cool? Doc and Gene Simmons, 62 years. Married people, that give you just a little bit of, yeah, keep going. I told her, I hope to live that long. You know what I'm saying? 62 years. 62 years. And so no matter what it is that you're in right now and you're struggling in right now and you're pursuing right now and you're going forth in right now, and allow the Lord just to encourage you as you keep going forward, doing the good things. Man, I thought about Jesus there he is in the, um, he's in the garden and he's praying. And if you've read this passage before, you just realize that Jesus is pretty much like, hey, God, Father, like if there's another way, I'll, 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 I'll be glad to take it. And the Father made it clear, no, there's no other way. The only way that this whole thing can come out the way it's supposed to come out for, for all of humanity is for you, Jesus, to go on forth with the plan and that's to allow them to kill you on a cross. And Jesus in that moment chose not to, to give up. 2,000 years ago did that happen. And I'm standing here today a forgiven, going to heaven guy because of what Jesus did for me 2,000 years ago. What happened here and now 2,000 years ago is affecting all of us here and now today. Jesus didn't quit. And the encouragement here from verse 9 is don't quit. Don't give up. Look at verse number 10. Therefore, Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. You have opportunities, I have opportunities all the time in front of us, around us, to do good. To serve someone, to be kind to someone, to help someone, to give to someone, whatever it may be, all kinds of opportunities. Sometimes there are opportunities to be kind to someone, to help someone, to love someone that you've never met before in your life and you may never ever see again. God says, be good to them. 
Sometimes it's the people that you saw yesterday and you're going to see tomorrow and you're going to see the next day. And when God gives you the opportunity, you ought to do that. And then he makes this statement at the end, especially to those in the family of faith. In the family of faith. Think about this for just a moment. I think that for me, a lot of times, it is easier for me to be kind. Follow me here. I'm going to put myself out there. To be kind and gracious to people that I've never met before and I'll never see again, that it is sometimes to be kind and gracious to people that I knew yesterday, I know today, and I'll know tomorrow. L- let, me, let, me, let me go with this. Sometimes my phone voice sounds better than my home voice. Y'all with me? You, you with me? We'll talk nicer to the person on the other end of the line calling us about our situation down at the bank than we do to our spouse and to our kids. Ooh, man. Maybe I'm just talking to me this morning. But here's what I'm telling you. The reason why he said especially to those in the family of faith. People obviously, they're looking at us as believers. They're obviously hoping that we'll be kind to them. We're hoping that we'll be gracious to them. But let me tell you something. If we're kind and gracious to people that we don't know and we won't ever see again, that's great, that's wonderful. If they watch us, Not be kind and gracious to the people that we know, the people that we worship with, the people that we do life with, the people that we do home with. Guess what they're going to want that we have? Nothing. Nothing. And so as church family, we are kind to one another and we are gracious to one another and we are forgiving towards one another and we bend over backwards for one another. Why? Because we want other people to experience what we have in Jesus and what we're telling people is Jesus changed our lives. Okay, let's let him change our life. Let's let him change how we interact with one another. Our family, our friends, those that are closest to us. Especially to those who are in the family of faith. Again, what we do here and now affects then and there. You could say what we do here and now affects him and her. I don't know who the him is and who the her is in your life, but you've got him and you've got her and I've got him and I've got her And what I do affects them. How they see me walk and talk and interact, it affects them. Let me give you kind of some words that just really ought to pop for us as we think about the effect that we have on others. Living, okay, as we're living, what we do as we live affects other people. Our sharing, it affects other people. Our caring affects other people. Our inviting affects other people. Our giving, it affects other people. Our going, it affects other people. Our loving, it affects other people. Everything we do, it impacts the people around us. It impacts the people we know. And I'll even say to you, it potentially impacts the people you don't know. You don't know. And so we work together in this whole thing, doing it together. It's so important that we carry these things out. Church, what you do as an individual matters. How you treat your family matters. How you show up to work and work matters. How you interact with others, it matters. 
I mean, there you are, and you're loving your neighbor, and you're trying to win them to the Lord, and you've been kind to them, and you're doing things for them, and, and you're being there for them, and you, you've even gone so far as to have some gospel conversations that were challenging, but you, you entered into it, and then, you know, I come along, and you're thinking, hey, man, it'd be cool if they meet Kyle, because he's another believer, and that'll help him out, and then we meet him, and I'm a jerk to him. What did I just do? I ruined everything you've been doing. Everything. What we do here and now affects him and her. It affects then and there. What we do together, oh, it affects then and there. Let me give you uh, some pictures. And as we give some pictures in just a moment, uh, I pray these pictures affect your mind. But I also pray that it causes more pictures to come up. Pictures that I don't have, right? Pictures that are in your mind of people that you know, people that you interact with, people that you're striving to love and to share and to care for. But let me just show you some of the things of how here and now affects then and there. This first picture comes uh, of a family um, of Chase and Kelly Reynolds uh, and a tribe of people from Indonesia behind them. These people live over 10,000 miles from where we are right now. But our church gives, our church goes, our church prays, and as a result of all that, Chase and Kelly are there translating the Word of God into these people's language so that they can read, hear, and experience the gospel. And people in the middle of nowhere, Indonesia, are being impacted then and there because of here and now. Look at this next picture. It comes from the country of India. Um, there's one man in the middle there. His name's Edgar. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce his last name for two reasons. One, I always butcher it. I don't do a very good job of it. Two, because we're really careful about broadcasting this. We, we, we record and it goes out and persecution over there is incredible and so we want to protect him in every way we can. Um, but Edgar and so many other pastors are over there serving and creating a church planting movement. Hundreds and thousands of churches are being planted over 8,000 miles away because of our giving and our going and our sharing and our praying here and now. Next comes from the um, city of Indianapolis. This is John and Megan and his family, uh, their family, John Lau. And, uh, man, they are, um, what, 600 miles away from here. They're planting their second church in the city of Indianapolis. Hundreds of people have come to know Christ Hundreds more people are going to come to Christ because of what we are doing here and now in our giving and our serving and our loving and our going and in our sharing. Moving on to another city in uh, Boston. And this is Jason and Micah Talent and their family. And they're planting a church on the north side of Boston. Boston is very, very unreached right now with the gospel. They're nearly 1,500 miles away. And what we're doing here and now is affecting them then and there very much so. They've got a little one that they, they are caring for right now that's actually in the hospital, a little infant. And so if you just pray that God will help them as they are caring for that little one, what we're doing right now affects them. Praying prayers right now affects them where they are. Next is in the city of Bentonville. Uh, we're planting a church about 200, what does it say, 230 miles from here. Up in the northwest part of Arkansas, this is the Johnson family. Many of you are familiar. Everything we're doing here now is affecting them then and there. Who knows how far that impact's going to go? There are people from all kinds of countries around the world living in Benton, Arkansas. Most of Aaron's neighbors are not from Arkansas. And guess what? A bunch of them, if not the majority of them on his street, aren't even from the United States. Do you hear what I'm saying? What we do here and now affects then and there and affects him and her more than we could ever even imagine or conceive. 
Another uh, great picture that's coming up here is a picture with the logo of the call. The call is a local organization that um, helps the church foster and adopt children who are in need. Just 2.8 miles down the street, right? Some of you have chosen to um, uh, allow the call to help you, and some of you are fostering. Some of you have adopted and their lives, those kids' lives, are being radically changed through the gospel because of your willingness to do that very thing. The next one is a picture that comes from Peru. Our church, we were able to help plant a church, help build a building, and create a compassion center there. And over 250 kids are being sponsored monthly in and through our church. And as a result, they're getting good food. As a result, they're getting education. As a result, they're getting um, health care. As a result, they're getting the gospel of Jesus Christ. What we do here and now. When you see your bank account uh, drop that $39 a month out every month to sponsor that kid, listen, you are making an eternal difference almost 3,000 miles away in a kid's life. What we do here and now affects then and there. I want to read one more verse of Scripture to you. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It begins in verse number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. And that's what we're doing in this thing called Christianity. We are planting the seeds of the gospel and we are watering the seeds of the gospel. It doesn't matter if you plant or I plant. It doesn't matter if you water or I water. It just matters that we do it. Okay? It goes on to say, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. And as you are planting, and I am watering, and I am planting, and you are watering, listen, God is going to make the seed grow. And we're doing this together. So the next time you introduce me to your neighbor, I'm just going to work on the assumption. The reason why you introduce me to your neighbor is because you love your neighbor. And the reason why you're introducing me to your neighbor is because you want them to meet another believer. And I'm going to do my best not to be a jerk to your neighbor. Are you with me? I'm going to do my best to water what you are doing and not spray Roundup on it. Are you with me? Just assume the next time your believing friend introduces you to their neighbor, they're expecting you and believing that you are going to pour some water of the gospel on their conversations and you're not going to spray some roundup on it by just being an idiot around them, whatever that looks like. Just be the person that Jesus has changed you to be so that together God can work and he can give the increase Listen, I love it when you guys walk in on Sunday morning and you're like, hey, my friend's coming today. And you just give me that look like, don't blow it, Jack. I love it. You've been working. You're like, just don't do something stupid today, Kyle. Please don't do something stupid today. Right? You, you've been working. You want them here. I want them here. And so I'm going to do my best to preach that Jesus died for them. And that Jesus came back from the dead for them. Just like he did us. And they can experience the salvation that we have. Look at verse number eight. The one who plants and the one who waters work together. Work together. We're not in this alone. My mission is your mission. Your mission is my mission. It is our mission. The one who plants and the one who waters works together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Verse nine. For we are both God's workers. And you are God's field. You are God's building. He's reminding us of who we are. We're the people of God. We're the church of God. And we work together 
to help other people find and follow Jesus. The best way for you to affect the future is to act now. The best way for you to affect the future is to act now. Think about this for just a moment. What if Marty McFly would have met Marty McFly? Some of you just like, well, that's way too deep for me. What? Here's what I'm telling you. Everything you do matters. What you choose to do here and now affects then and there. It affects him and her. So as God's leading you to do those good things, good things that are focused on the good news of Jesus Christ, again, whether it's a kind word of hello or whether it's a deeper word of talking about Jesus specifically, everything we're doing as good things to get to the good news, we've just got to know that it affects then and there, and it affects him and her in a massive, massive way. Next step for you to consider as we wrap our time up this morning, and that is just to act now. Would you consider acting now so that we affect the future? Act now so we affect the future. Maybe your act this morning needs to be to believe in Jesus. Maybe you're hearing the gospel, and maybe you're hearing how Jesus died for you and how he came back from the dead for you, and you need to believe in him today and receive his forgiveness. Listen, today is the day of salvation. It will change and affect your future for eternity. We want you to act today. Believers, What's God putting in front of you? What opportunities are there? What's he going to show you tomorrow you don't even see today that you need to take, realizing it's to do something good for the purpose of the good news. And that in doing it, you are setting up an opportunity for the good news to be shared. Maybe not in that moment, but maybe in a moment that is to come. Everything working together. Your boss finding out that you're a Christian and him not being like, I had no idea. He didn't act like it, right? Like, no, everything you're doing, just showing that that's who you are. Living your life, family, friends, at home, on Friday night, wherever it is, acting now so that we can affect the future. God is giving us an opportunity to impact people's lives Impact people's lives in a way that can determine their eternal destiny. Church, let's act now, here and now, knowing that it's going to affect then and there. Let's pray.